Hey everyone, it's been a spooky week for Bitcoin, and I'm Dave Hollerith. You're listening to the Bitcoin Magazine podcast. This week, China fell back in love with blockchain technology, and also I got to talk with Tom Bahar, CEO and co-founder of Pay. Pay is the cashback app that gives you money back in Bitcoin or fiat for simply making purchases with their select vendors. The vendor list is big. We're talking Starbucks, Target, Nordstrom, Trader Joe's, Uber, Lyft. And while I'm mainly naming big box retail, they've also got a ton of small businesses all over the U.S. The main reason why I wanted to talk with Tom is that myself and a lot of people I work with believe that crypto companies in the payment space will bring the next wave of user adoption. Also, I wanted to know how a company like Pay actually makes money and whether or not they sell user data. The answer to that last question is actually no. But real quick, before I get into the interview, I want to talk about our newest show sponsor, the Celsius Network. Like Pay, the Celsius Network is trying to revolutionize the way we think about financial services. The TLDR version of it is, the Celsius Network lets you earn interest on your crypto and instantly borrow against it. And there are no fees, ever. There are more than 50,000 active wallets using their services. And right now, they're offering users 10% annual interest on their crypto deposits. That's right, I kid you not, 10% annual interest on crypto deposits. That's not only unheard of in the traditional banking industry, it's also a pretty good deal from a crypto company. And right now, the Celsius Network is giving our listeners, you guys, $10 in BTC when you make a deposit of $200 or more in crypto or stable coins by using the promo code BITCOINMAG. Again, the promo code is BITCOINMAG. Check out their website today. Also, eToro. eToro is a trading platform doing a lot of innovative things in the space. They've just officially launched in the U.S., and that means finally U.S. citizens don't have to use a VPN to access their platform. Even before they launched in the States, eToro was the number one social trading platform in the world. On eToro, you can plan, trade, and learn from the best experts in the crypto community space about strategy, due diligence, and all the technical things it might take months to pick up on your own. eToro gives you access to the most popular crypto assets on the market, but it's their virtual trading and discussion features where they really shine. You can discuss and test trading strategies with a community of over 1 million traders. On top of that, their trading fees are transparent and exceedingly low. There are no commissions or hidden fees. If you want to try before you start trading, they offer $100,000 in virtual trading to let you test out the platform and the markets. Build your perfect portfolio of just a few easy steps on your smartphone or computer. Create your account, verify your identity, link to your bank account, and start trading. It's that easy. So what are you waiting for? Head over to eToro.com to get started on your portfolio today. eToro, smart crypto trading made easy. The world is always going to need banking, but do we really need banks? Without further ado, here's my interview with Tom Bahar. How do we expect people to use pay kind of thing? Because the way that we always approached it was we wanted to be agnostic to the end user. Our whole spiel really at the end of the day is about empowering our users, financially uh, speaking, to be able to kind of just have control however they want. We didn't want to take this very aggressive in your face approach. We really wanted to be this thing in the background that helped to handle all the levers, all your financial levers on your behalf so that you ended up living a more empowered life. And so 
you know, the intent wasn't always, you know, hey, go explore and discover this thing. We always wanted to make it more of a secondary thing where it's like, you have this optionality to be able to maximize whatever cash back, whatever savings that you want to get by exploring things near and around you that really want you to come in and make that purchase. But ultimately the, the general idea was we want to empower our end users and we're going to do that by first off making cash back something that the retailers themselves control rather than the credit card companies uh, control. And that way we can both align our, our, consumers and retailers more directly and more financially so that they can build relationships uh, either through loyalty or through new purchases or whatever else it might be. It's just giving that, you know, direct linkage that's most uh, important. Hey, Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Dave. I'm happy that I could uh, speak a little bit to pay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I actually downloaded the app not too long ago. And uh, I was running into some bank account uh, linkage difficulties. And that was actually mainly because of password problems I have uh, with my bank account. So I, I don't think that was on fault on y'all's side at all. But uh, there's a bunch of Bitcoin Magazine <laughs> staff members who use the app. Wait, so cutting out like the credit card companies, can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So the way that cashback works today, it's based off of interchange and basically default rates, right? It's really almost a marketing line item for them to be able to get you to use that card. They have this kind of mentality that they work on called top of wallet. And the idea is that you're going to use this card over any of your other cards or anything else on your wallet. And in order to get someone to do that, we're going to offer the best incentives. And sometimes they break it up and segment out those cards to specific kind of customer groups. So the cashback will be more oriented to, let's say your business, right? So you'll get more business related cashback. Therefore, they know if you're spending, let's say, 100000 on monthly for your business, they're going to make the cash back related to that, but they themselves are going to always guarantee they get that total addressable market. And so what we figured is it's kind of backwards where the retailers at the end of the day are paying that interchange, funding that cash back for all these kind of specific groups of people, but they really have no clarity or even understanding on the influence or the intent of cash back. And they really have no control of the relationship so there's no re-engagement thereafter to get someone to come back in, build that loyalty, build that kind of service um, and customer uh, relationship thereafter. And so what we figured was, well, for cards, credit cards specifically, it's beneficial for them not to have to worry about that cost, not trying to figure out, you know, how can we spend more money at people, right? If they could just keep that money, then that's fine for them. The other aspect was if we gave that control to retailers, they themselves can understand their business better. They can then be able to control the customers, the groups that come in and be able to incentivize them more directly and, and just generally have this ability to engage and interact with them at a deeper level than they have before. And so the idea realistically is we're not going to build, we're not going to build and interfere with them. They can go ahead and do their kind of archaic fragmented solutions uh, as they'd like. At the end of the day, we want to be able to bring back that power that openality of opening up the, the networks themselves to people and, and the retailers so that they can kind of approach it however they see fit. And that also ties into kind of our crypto stuff, right? We, we provide cash back in, in, in Bitcoin right now, purely out of the idea of being agnostic. We don't want to interfere with how you choose to, to handle your finances. We want to be able to support and empower you to decide on your own. Yeah, that's interesting. Besides Bitcoin, what other uh, cryptocurrencies do you guys accept? Right now, we, we only give cash back in, in Bitcoin. Yeah, except uh, 
pay out in, I meant. Okay, yeah. Well, so to me, that's totally fine. Um, but I imagine as, as an agnostic company, you guys would, would expand that a little bit more as time moves on. Is that, or what, what's your take there? I think it really depends on, on the users, right? It really depends on, on what they're asking and, and what they want to see. We don't want to step on any toes. We're not looking to, to kind of make a big statement. We're very much trying to build something that reflects what people want and what uh, not just want, but what ultimately helps them at the end yeah. of the day. So we're, we're just going to give them access to what they request and, and it kind of what, help, what helps them live their lives better. Yeah, uh, this is a totally random connection but it's just <laughs> yeah. what i've been working on I just like read an article uh, about like uh some darknet vendors and uh mm-hmm. they're in the same scenario where uh bitcoin isn't actually isn't very good for them because it's it's uh traceable but uh they can't not accept bitcoin or you know pay out in bitcoin because that's what everybody uses yeah, yeah, that's actually, that's really interesting. One of the, the first takes that we had when we were starting pay, you know, it was far more crypto like related. Uh, a lot of what kind of appealed to us when we were starting out was the ability to, to build financial solutions digitally. Like we started really early in the whole kind of crypto market before most of like any of the the kind of terms came out and really for us it was it was like a take on functionality what can we do and how can we do without having to work with massive banks and and kind of this archaic infrastructure what can we do today and one of the big things that we really were you know appealing to us was you know anonymous money transfers and anonymous payments and, and how do you take this very digital financial world that's coming up, how do you kind of keep the, the equivalent solution of cash uh, kind of thing? That was really early take when we were just jumping in. Obviously that, that didn't kind of stick, but <laughs> yeah, that was kind of one of the first things. So yeah, very true. It's a, it's a really interesting problem. Can you tell me the, the founding story of pay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's fairly interesting. The way that we got started was my co-founder and I were friends in, in college. We were studying finance and computer science together uh, my co-founder focused more on international business and, and computer science, but we had that very similar background. And so the way we kind of got together was we started off by trading stocks and derivatives and, and doing that whole high frequency thing. Uh, but the way that we were kind of going about it was we were using data and creating sentiment analysis to be able to strategize on time decay. We actually, you know, started wow. uh, one of our first platforms was actually around kind of creating a DIY community of people who were kind of sharing their strategies, sharing their their data on high frequency trading and kind of how they went about uh, using derivatives to, to kind of do that. Um, and so we were always really interested in, in kind of leveraging data to, to really empower financial solutions. But one of the things, you know, that we really wanted to get into, especially as we were doing that DIY community that focused on kind of teaching people and sharing kind of the knowledge, we were really interested on consumer finance, right? Like we under, understood, sorry, that people didn't always have the exact financial resources that a lot of other people got to enjoy. And we wanted to make sure that we can open and empower people from all backgrounds to be able to kind of have that backbone support financially uh, that they would need and that it would accommodate for their backgrounds and, and, and themselves. And so as we started to dive deeper into it, you know, one of the very hot popular things at that time, especially in finance, uh, and especially because of Venmo was this idea of like, how do you help 
uh, people deal with payments? Like, how do you get them access to send money uh, more openly, right? And that at the time was also the big take on crypto. You could do it internationally. Um, and Venmo had pop, like made it very popular, send it nationally very easily. And, and what time was this happening in? Like what year? I believe this was kind of like 2013, 2012. And so what we kind of figured out of that was while there's so many solutions coming up with like payments and moving money, we realized like that's not really the solution absolutely needed in helping people financially and be competing for this really kind of just mechanical thing that that's openly available. What we realized is we needed to go beyond payments. We needed to be able to derive value that from things that people were doing functionally, but wanted to be able to still manage and maintain uh, a certain level uh, of life and kind of not have to worry too much about finance. And, and that's kind of popular uh, with credit cards. What we found, what we were kind of really interested in was going beyond payments beyond this idea of like just helping people move money what we really thought was like people need money in the first place to be able to move it and what we were finding was that you know credit cards and cash back itself was becoming very popular and that was really the kind of competition and we figured well rather than having people take on extra debt or working to get a new credit card why don't we just bring all those really amazing kind of consumer friendly values to what they already have. And that way we could ultimately help them kind of maximize their financial value, kind of get as much money back, ultimately save, and they'd have more money in their pockets, right? And so that's how we were thinking about going beyond payments. And so that's kind of how the whole cash back aspect started. We started to figure cash back can A, work more efficiently. It can be less fragmented as it is today. You don't need so many credit cards to be able to do it. And realistically, all it took was you need to change who's responsible for it. And so it just kind of diving deeper into it. We kept finding new and new things that made it more interesting. And then we started to see that like for people, it was this added values, this added benefit of like, I am saving on the purchases I'm already doing. And that allows it to make my purchases far more aligned with what I can actually afford. And so that's kind of the thought process that, that kept kind of rolling up to a point where now today, you know, we're supporting uh, 120,000 retailers uh, with cash back and, and we're seeing thousands of transactions daily, helping people to save and actually make an impact on their lives financially, which is really what we were trying to go for. And now the next step is to continue that scale, but do it in a way that really most of this market has never seen before. And so we've kind of created really huge developments tech in the tech side of things that allows us to speed up a lot of the value that retailers get, but also the value that our users get and kind of who kind of inter interacts. And, and really the key thing, especially from the crypto side, all the way to kind of new financial platforms, it's all about the adoption. And so what we're, what we're aiming for is scaling that adoption as quickly as we can and, and kind of moving the needle for a new kind of network, a new form of infrastructure that's far more focused on the people that participate in that network. The very last thing you said, you brought up like sort of like building a new financial infrastructure. It, like it seems like apps like Pay, companies like Pay are really kind of like working towards something different. And, uh, you know, I, I'd be curious to hear more about how you sort of like see your company's trajectory going, or at least like how you envision your company being the future of finance for consumers. Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. I think, you know, the way that we envision it right now to start off is 
very much changing the way that cash back works, right? I think that's going to be the most detrimental part of building a new financial infrastructure, right? When we look at it, we look at it as, you know, we're going to become, you know, the alternative financial infrastructure from Visa MasterCard to just generally how people access kind of spending finances or consumer finance. And so I think that the most detrimental part of it to make that possible is having a strong, scalable cash back system that allows people to save and allows them to kind of be able to afford the things that they purchase because it's more associated and more relevant directly to them than just kind of this very gimmicky marketing offer. That's how we kind of see that adoption taking off is if we can make this far more relevant to the end consumer and we can do it in a way that's incentivizing enough and intriguing enough to them we can grab that adoption and kind of scale it upwards. But again, it's it's all about the next level of finance is about really giving the power and the control back to the participants of the network rather than dictating a lot of how it works and, and what value they can drive from it. So again, Visa MasterCard today tells you how exactly everything works. It's very closed off. It's very limiting. It's very old. And what we're trying to do is is, is really disrupt that. And, and kind of bring back that power to merchants and consumers so that they have a more free form uh, way of interacting. Okay, so let's talk about the app specifically and, and how users use it. So on the app, a person's bank card or credit card can be linked, but the app doesn't store any of that data. Can you explain how that works? Yeah, so I mean, we use a process where we work, you know, and connect to the institution directly. And so that allows us to be able to attribute transactions as they come in uh, kind of thing, but it's all held with your institution at the end of the day. So it's just an API process that allows us to link up to the institution uh, rather than managing that whole cycle ourselves and, and keeping the entire process secure. Okay. So it's only banks that already have all of your financial transactional information that are, you know, receiving it. So my next question is how, how do you guys make money exactly? So we, very similar to most kind of like affiliate networks and such, we collect a percent of the purchase that happens at that store. Uh -huh. So we're collecting a percentage of the actual gross amount spent kind of thing. And so we're splitting that percent of transaction between our users and ourselves. Okay. So, so the vendors are paying you. Yep. And in that scenario, can you explain the value and you have done this a lot, but like just more directly, like, can you explain the value that pay is bringing to vendors? Yeah. I mean, ultimately what they get is this access to users that are more financially aligned to what they sell. So what you're grabbing is you're grabbing people who sometimes otherwise wouldn't have made that purchase because, you know, financially it's just beyond them or they're just not interested at certain times. We're helping to get in front of those people at the right times, but at the same time, helping to re-engage loyalty. So it's more than just this one-time purchase. What we really focus on is a loyalty. And that's what really is the most important aspect for merchants. They like to give a lot of these cashback offers so that they can get people to come back far more frequently. And it's very similar to that kind of credit card mentality of being top of wallet. They're trying to race for kind of top of retailer in a sort of sense. They want to be that place that you enjoy and you think of to kind of come by and, and buy things. And so this gives them kind of the tool set to be able to, to incentivize that loyalty, incentivize that engagement and kind of become top of mind because they're rewarding you for you coming in and you kind of sticking with them and thinking of them in a sort of sense. Real quick, let's take a short break. 
so, Dave, what have you been working on lately? Not too much, dude. Just surfing the darknet. Um, a little scared to ask, but why? Privacy, bro. A wise man once said, prudence counsels prevention. Huh? I was getting a bunch of spam emails. It was driving me nuts. So I figured I'd move to a private browser that doesn't collect all my data. Well, Dave, now that you mention it, Haven is a privacy-focused app that is made for someone just like you. Ooh, Haven. It's for buying and selling things online, right? Yeah, not just that. It's actually the world's first privacy-focused shopping and chatting app for iOS and Android. You can shop and chat with other users under the security of end-to-end encryption. It says here that Haven also lets you buy and sell with cryptocurrencies like Litecoin, Zcash, and of course, the much more proportionally greater by market capitalization, Bitcoin. Bitcoin? Hmm. I'll have to look into that. Well, Haven sounds like Craigslist for the modern-day cypherpunk. How does its privacy work? Haven uses several advanced technologies to keep your information private while being simple to use. You don't need to know how decentralization, cryptocurrency, or end-to-end encryption work. They just work for you on Haven. The keys to your cryptocurrency, the data about your transactions, all your chat messages, all that sensitive information is stored on your device locally and is completely in your control. Right, and all communication with other nodes is peer-to-peer and end-to-end encrypted. There's no middlemen involved in transactions. Well, Dave, if there's one thing I hate above all things, it's middlemen. Middlemen can die. They can die a coward's death. Check out Haven today. It's available on iOS and Android app stores. Now, back to my interview with Tom Bahar. Is your your sort of cashback offer, like the offer that you negotiate with the vendor or merchant, is that does that vary between the merchant? Because I feel like a lot of these companies, you know, they're like different levels. They're all fairly significant. I mean, you've got Starbucks, Chipotle, In-N-Out Burger, Dunkin' Donuts, 7-Eleven, Chick-fil-A, Uber, Lyft, Nordstrom. Like, I mean, the list goes on. Like, But the kind of deals you have to strike with these companies, I imagine they have to vary. How, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, they do vary, right? Like not every retailer is going to offer uh, all the same rewards, right? And so every time the campaign differentiates based off of the retailer themselves, the frequency in which people visit and what they spend kind of thing. So it, it very much is a, is a gentle process in which you kind of approach them and, and kind of what they're offering to the users itself. I'm also curious, what percentage of your users are accepting cash out in BTC versus USD? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. We, we, we aren't disclosing uh, that information, but I can definitely say that it's the fastest growing cash out on our system is, is definitely Bitcoin. Yeah, because like thinking about that in reverse, it, it would seem to me like what you're also bringing to these vendors is sort of a crypto minded community. Is, is that correct? Would you say or off the mark? I think that there's definitely interest in it. I think that what we found, especially speaking with some, is that having this kind of alternative financial rails is very appealing and intriguing to them. And so what the crypto community means to them is like, they no longer have to be slaves to Visa and MasterCard and Amex, right? Like they now have more ways to kind of accept payments and hopefully cheaper and a little bit more favorable way. So like crypto really reflects that to them. Um, It's really interesting idea i think you know me personally some of the things that i thought about in this industry that i always thought was like had the benefit of coming out 
a success, but ultimately kind of shot short was things like Venmo, right? Like Venmo very much had this ability to become the next payment rails if they decided and they could have linked up to merchants much sooner. But the ultimate downfall was like they started linking up to credit cards and all that stuff. And now they're doing kind of merchant purchases, but you know, they're, they're primarily focused on being a mobile wallet linked to your debit and credit card. So like, they're not giving real value to, to the merchants that they could have, right? They kind of cut themselves short and just kind of became a new PayPal sort of sense, which makes sense. But crypto, I think because it's far more, it's far more focused and determined by the network that supports it. I think, you know, merchants are more excited about that, that it's, it's tapping into a very similar solution with people who kind of understand a lot of limitations early on, but it gives them the ability to say, we're no longer going to be slaves to the institutions or to Visa, MasterCard and such, and be able to kind of work freely in terms of kind of our commerce. Yeah. And, and to me, that also sounds sort of like what I'm hearing from you about sort of this a, a new alternative to the financial infrastructure that exists, the sort of same kind of uh, idea. Yeah, it's it's very much our belief is that, you know, there's going to be this next iteration of, of what the financial world looks like and whether it's from crypto, whether it's from a push of a company trying to you know get that adoption moving. I think that ultimately what we all agree on is that as it stands today, just doing what we have financially available today is not going to be enough. The next iteration is going to be able to derive uh, value and empower people financially in ways that didn't exist previously or just weren't done to the full uh, capacity. And so that's kind of what's required if we're going to iterate forward. And so I think that's what everybody's racing for. And I think that's definitely what we're trying to build. We're trying to build something more than what is today um, so that people themselves can get more value. Right. Just to get back to the app, it being in the app specifically, I know mm-hmm. when you allow pay to know your location, you can get a better cashback reward kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Why is this the case since a lot of your merchants are, you know, larger chain retailers? It, depending where you are, there are a lot of location specific places. And even the larger retailers can sometimes have places that aren't fully supported, right? So we have every one off, so like Wendy's and such. While we support a good vast majority of them, they'll also have kind of what we call, um, you know, blacked out uh, retailers or locations where they won't support it. And it also differentiates the actual amount of the cash back because there's also things like happy hour and things like that, that we also determine to provide more cash back. So it's really providing a more dynamic experience and the location itself helps us to also attribute the purchase to a location specific place, uh, which ultimately we try and return that value after we're able to attribute it successfully to the user by giving them that ability to see really the receipt of the transaction, but also being able to see exactly where it happened. I think one of the biggest things that we were able to solve that we're really excited about is that transaction information like sucks big time, right? Like being able to decrypt a transaction itself, being able to understand where it happened and all this stuff when you go and you review it lacks quite significantly. And that's part of the fragmentation issue. It's part of the the whole Visa MasterCard ownership issue that exists. And so we, with the tech that we were able to build, wanted to be able to bring that kind of solution back to people and say, since you are using pay, since you're allowing us to automatically attribute the transactions, we want to be able to help you kind of also understand what you're spending, how you're spending, where you're spending, things that your bank should have hopefully done for you, but doesn't. Um, and so that's, that's really kind of where we went with that is we want to help give them as much value 
out of their finances as we possibly can. Do you also help vendors understand from the uh, purchasing insights what's going on? Uh, we do report that this transaction happened, right? Like we'll say, hey, there's this amount that was spent kind of thing. You know, we're expecting this cash back, right? That's how we, we get the cash back. But we don't tell them location information. We don't share location information with anyone or, or anything like that. It's very purely used to be able to correlate a transaction that happens to a retailer's you know, offer and then back to the user for their actual transaction. So it's not used or you know, kept for any reason outside of that. That's tight. Uh, On your Twitter feed, you said you're also prepping for a new product launch. I I don't think that's come out. Like, can you tell me, tell me anything about that? So let me, let me check that I, what I can say and what I can say. (laughs) One of the things um, that I can say about this release is we're definitely on the brink of, of, of pushing it out uh, in the next few days. What we have to do is heavily test it only because this is a, a pretty significant change to how cashback card linking works um, and kind of will be a huge push of adoption is really the emphasis here, right? What we're trying to go for is we're trying to give people more ways to earn money uh, on pay, but also push the adoption of the solution um, so that there are more merchants participating specifically with the crypto uh, networks, but also allow more merchants to adopt this kind of new rails and, and make it very network focused. So the big thesis, the big theme is, is adoption um, and getting people more money in their pockets is, is really the big thing. And it'll be released uh, in the next few days. What we're doing is we're about to release this whole marketing suite for merchants uh, so that they can adopt pay instantly. And so the big, di- the big push here is that we're going to allow merchants to now be able to see the influence and the intent that comes out of purchases from all of their marketing to see how it correlates to actual incremental revenue at their store, but also allows them to adopt pay instantly. And so now a lot of their users have asked us to be able to bring on, you know, merchants and, and retailers onto the platform. They will be able to do so uh, instantly. And it is at the cost of whatever the merchant wants to pay. So what we're focused on is whatever budget that they want to put, they can put it into pay and they will go ahead and, and distribute it for them so that they can get more people through the stores, start offering more Bitcoin cash back uh, to users, um, but also actually get a better understanding of their business, actually see real correlation of marketing to, uh, to revenue, because really ultimately that's a black box for most businesses, but specifically for small businesses who really don't have the resources, the time and attention to be able to, to work on things like that we've automated a lot of it for them so that they now can compete with a lot more of the digital presence online and actually engage with people on a deeper level. But alongside that, our users are now going to get far more cash back than they have before. Uh, They'll have access to a significant amount of more local retailers than they have before. They can start participating in the network in the ways that they requested and ultimately get paid for doing so. So we're now going to be providing $50 and 5% of the budget uh, whenever a user brings on uh, a merchant and it's very, very easy. It's literally just, you know, whatever business information and then funding a budget and they're good to go and that's it. So we've made it very easy. The sign-up process takes less than a minute to even get on uh, and start it on pay. For wow. Both retailers wow. And, yeah. and, and as far as like the merchants that you're looking for, can you, is there any sort of like limit in, in size? Is there yeah. like a, a minimum? 
No, so that's that's the beauty here. The beauty of, of more than just being able to bring on retailers instantly onto a card link platform, which I want to emphasize has never happened before. Like that within itself, typically that process takes, you know, up to four weeks to get a new campaign started. We've ha- we've had to deal with it working with other uh, with other larger retailers and working with other platforms to get it established. We can bring on retailers instantly right there and then, which is really the huge part. Um, but we can also work with any size. And what we want to focus on is small businesses. We want to make sure that they have the tool set that they need to be able to understand their business better, but also be able to compete in this very kind of digital environment. And so we're giving anybody and everyone this resource. So more than just being able to get on instantly, it's also works to whatever they want to pay kind of thing. And so the idea very much is we're here to amplify the budgets that they have, make it work better on their behalf. Um, and we're not here to kind of discriminate who can and can't participate or enjoy this tool set. Uh, the idea of a network like ours is, is to give everybody the tools of the future. Um, and so that's why this is really impactful. And, and how would a user assist in signing up a merchant since it, I, I feel like it obviously has to, it's like a sharing, <laughs> like if they follow the link and then sign up that way. It's going to be very, very similar to kind of how referrals work today. Um, the idea is that the users themselves, and we try to make it as easy as possible for them to, to be able to get money from this process. It's very much more of a knowledge base, right? It's very much you, if you want to see a retailer on the platform and you want to see them providing cash back on pay, you can very simply tell them that pay exists now. And that's all that it really requires. We have a flow where you can walk a retailer through to sign up and all it requires is them telling us the location of that retailer, right? And the name of that retailer and the best point of contact. And from there, they'll need to fund a budget, but that's it, right? And so it's very friendly to be able to bring a retailer from a user's point of view um, and really is going to be available through the app itself too. So we try to make it as simple as possible for people to participate, for people to start earning uh, more money with pay. Um, And really the idea is that again, adoption is going to be key here and we can all participate in it. Tom, Tom, how, how big are you guys? I, I could see a, a large <laughs> influx of, of merchant. Like who's going to be dealing with this stuff? Uh, we, we have a few different ways in which we, we kind of grow our merchant base. Um, and we're really betting here that, you know, we can work more directly with our user base uh, to kind of push this adoption. Again, the whole purpose of everything that we do is that this is a network. It requires a whole family to kind of make and move it, uh, push forward. And so, while our team isn't significantly massive as I think most people kind of expect us to be for all the work that we've done, what we're really, really big on is we really believe in the network. We really believe in the people that participate in the network. And what we try and do at the end of the day is always crowdsource uh, every feature that we have and try and kind of get it to the next level. And, and that's kind of how we're going to move forward. So we do plan on, on continuing to hire people. If people are ever interested in joining the team, we have an amazing team. Uh, that's committed a lot to everything we've done so far. But alongside that, I think what excites us the most is constantly working and talking to our amazing user base every day and kind of working with them to take it to the next level. Well, this is cool, man. I, I hope we uh, stay in touch and uh, maybe we'll talk down the road if you guys have more news. Well, I really appreciate it, Dave. Thanks uh, again for inviting me and I'm happy we could have this conversation. These were amazing questions. The Bitcoin Magazine podcast is a BTC media produced podcast on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network. 
theme music provided by Billy Sly from the Crypto Cantina. Visit BitcoinMagazine.com for more in-depth news, analysis, and resources about the most successful peer-to-peer currency. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Bitcoin Magazine. Find and subscribe to the show wherever else you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate us. Remember, it really helps us improve the show. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you.